Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to <laughs> Bat. <laughs> Welcome back to. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to. Oh, you keep doing the countdown thing. <laughs> Stop throwing your fingers up. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Talking Far, Far Away here from the Brick City Blockade. Sitting across the pond for me once again is the man himself, Mr. Scott Inch. Scott, what is going on in that fine Scottish evening over there? It's cold. Like how cold? It's so cold that my balls are about to jump off. Hey! That is the way to break in that explicit rating. No, anyway. No, that's... He's dancing around. He's like, woohoo, I just made a reference. And now he's dancing even more. Uh, yeah, that's right. Scott Inch over there with his balls freezing. My ass is ready to talk some Star Wars here on the other side of the pond as well. In the Americas, not going to make any further comments, but anyway, listen, here, The Rise of Skywalker, we talked about it last night, of course, on our trailer reaction podcast that we hope you've all listened to, but it's talking far, far away time, and I've heard everybody else's opinions here at the podcast, and it's time to hear Scott's. Listen, we broke it down, Scott, on the actual episode itself, literally, almost scene by scene, I had my phone out, and I was like going like bit after bit after bit. On YouTube, but I think at this point we have a pretty clear idea of how this trailer runs. So I'm going to get your first initial reaction. What was it like for you the minute you heard the saber ignite, and then we hear Finn? He's the first voice we hear in this trailer. Is he the first voice? He's the first voice. Oh. <laughs> I've watched it a hundred times. I'm not that bothered by Finn. Really? Yeah. Really? This character's just never drawn to me. Interesting. So the lead-off, having his voice talking about how Ray and him have been bound by the Force <laughs> yeah, to come yeah, together. Yeah, that. Let me rephrase that. I might have said that in a harsh way. No, uh, I don't know if you did. Um, yeah, the, the, the four of the happy kid brought brought together over, but I think they just weren't together much in episode eight. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um. But yeah, they have been brought together. The way they, the journeys and Force Awakens brought them, the way they experienced how that story together, right? Um, their story kind of went off in a different yeah. direction in episode eight, and then when they saw each other at the end of episode eight, you know, if it, it, it's like a brother sister, it's like look there, yeah. Finn, that's a brother sister relationship there. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, and that's really how the trailer kind of flowed. Everybody was family in the trailer. That's how it really felt. And I'm even including some of the big bads that we've been looking at, too, and we'll get into a little bit later. There was a very family-focused aspect to it, the, the idea of friendships and going on these journeys and everything. And we move from that particular moment, and we see Ray, what looks to be in training, and she's doing a lot more running around. She's, you know, we saw it in the original teaser piece where she was grabbing the lightsaber from the air with the red band around her uh, wrist and what looked like Luke's training uh, droid, oh. uh, the training ball. There's ball. There's the word balls again. Um, you know, just floating around like that. And it was interesting because we transitioned to that and she jumps over. It looked very similar to be like the star killer gap that you saw in Force Awakens, but in that natural setting. And then boom. She's crawling up the side of what looks like a, a Star Destroyer, or the inside of maybe the remnants of the Death Star. Um, 
we don't know. I I think it's the inside of the Death Star, personally. It's the Death Star. Yeah, it's the Death Star. It's it the makes more, the most sense. Yeah, like, but I mean, it, it's a fascinating scene. So I'm curious to hear from you. That transition alone, Andrew really got really in depth with it and thought that it could be the story itself and Ray going from one phase to the other, and that was why JJ wanted to bridge it. Was she's going from training to actually having to put herself into the moment, into the fight. What what do you what do you take from that, and what do you feel that transition means? Because I do feel it has a much deeper perspective to it. So when she was training, it's a lightsaber. She wasn't cut uh, evil in half. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear the scream in the background? That Whoa! Uh, it's an interesting transition because it shows that you know, even though she was with Luke, she was still wasn't really. Training, like she was right. training, but she wasn't really trained. It's that same. It's that same where, like, you had said to Obi Wan, who was like too old, too old to train. Right. You know, it's too strange that he never, Luke never said that about me. Mm, that Yoda in the moment when he was sitting there with Luke, and in reflection of everything that Luke had been taught about, that Yoda didn't even mention anything about Rey in that moment in Last Jedi. Like too old, too old to train. You know, yeah. he didn't say anything about it so it's fascinating you're right but in order to beat kylo she has to train 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 right and if she's going up against the emperor mm-hmm. hell she needs to train <laughs> yeah she really needs she needs to get a planet fitness uh, membership she's got to work out 24 7 at that point yeah i mean she wasn't like yoda who was able to walk against the emperor and fail um this little I mean, tone right there and yeah. fail and fair uh even luke went up against Vader. And kind of failed. It was it, 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 it was Anakin that really stopped the Emperor. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a nice transition. I quite like the transition. You know, she jumps onto the and it's the Death Star. I'm not going to go too much depth about it because again, sure. I don't know what the circumstances of that is. Is this Star Wars has been quite different recently with how they mm-hmm. do how they jump from clip to clip. It's not yeah. like, like Rogue One was really the first one I'd done it. And then, so, no, so I'm not going to get too detailed about it, but I quite right, like that. Yeah, cinematically, it does so much for, um, not necessarily the story, but it does a lot for the way in which we are preparing ourselves to see this film. We know that we're going to see many different places in this film. If we are going to wrap up all of these trilogies and all these stories, we're going to see more than just the traditional planets of Star Wars. We're going to see transitions that are like, wow, okay, we just went from one place from the prequels to another place from the sequel trilogy. You know, this is going to be such a wide gap, and for him to shoot it that way um, is just absolutely fascinating to see that kind of, I'm going to say craftsmanship. It really is um, when it comes to directing and to the art of moving from one particular scene to the next and then we get more into it and i I just want to kind of skip a little bit into this concept of see ray we see the jedi we see the really the transitions that are happening and then we really get into the inner depths of what is remaining of the resistance or as luke skywalker says the rebellion once again at the end of last jedi this is the new rebellion it's reborn and we see poe we see Finn. We see in that one shot, we see even Lando out in the distance there. And there's a lot of familiar faces in that room 
at that time. And I think the one thing for me, Scott, I'm going to pose this question to you based on this trailer. Do you think the Resistance or the new form of the Rebellion here, do you think that Leia's call from Crate at the end of Last Jedi has something to do with this sudden gathering? Because we know that there was nobody that, that responded, but people heard it. And when do you feel this could really start to play into this film early on or midway? I, I personally think you got to be able to answer the question of where does Lando transition into this film and is it connected to that moment? Because it was a question that was left unanswered, that nobody came to their help. And that's all that was left on the Millennium Falcon was, was the remainder of the Resistance. What is that transition like? I don't know, because I'm going to wait to see what the comic says. Interesting. Okay. Because there's a comic journey to... Um, so the, so the canon's really going to kind of break down in, in the in the rise of to this um, film. Well, the, the comic, the, is that Legions, it's called? The four-part saga? I've, yeah, I've seen discussions about it. Yeah, it seems to pick up... Um, it's a weekly thing right now. It comes out of the trade paperback in November. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I'm hearing, and from what I just flipped through the pages, um, people heard it, but they don't want... They see what happened to Hosni and Prime. They, nobody wants to get involved. That's um, right. But I think with Luke at the end of last year, I kind mm-hmm. of like giving that hope that, you know, the sure. Jedi are there. Right. Um, and also, I think... if you've got one classic character like Lando. Mm-hmm. He, he, he can talk anybody. <laughs> He's the swindler, yep. Yeah. So, and also, he, he has a spark that will reunite, that will bring down the First Order. Um, I, I think it's a hard one. It is a hard one because you, I think that there's a big game, there's a time gap from that <laughs> comic to... You know the cannon's going to really blast that wide open. Yeah, that first year, that year, it's a year gap, so I don't know, I need to, because yeah, I was just, I feel like the resistance is there, but then yeah. when people start to realise that this is, there's there's more to play in the galaxy, there's, there's another player in the galaxy nobody's known, right. they've been all being manipulated, this whole time's been there, but we know who by. Right. Uh, so right. I'm, I, I don't, the answer is, I don't know. Sure, and I agree with you in so many different ways. And why I'm posing it is because of that time gap, and us being canon junkies, people who really dig deep here at the podcast into, you know, storylines and where things place in the timeline. It's becoming a very interesting. Uh, I'm going to say a play place for the mm-hmm. Star Wars canon because we know during the events of Last Jedi, in particular, and I believe the canons really flush this out in particular is um, Snap Wexley and the rest of them. Uh, They were off running their own mission during this time. They were off doing other things. And the Poe Dameron comic. In the Poe Dameron comic. So there was a a whole side of the Resistance that was off while the rest of The Last Jedi was happening. And and I agree with you 100%. I think that leading up to this film, the one thing they're, they're going to take a different approach on, and I think we're already seeing that with Legion and uh, whatever else the... Um, the next steps, the journey to the Rise of Skywalker stuff, is really going to play into what do we know already that happens during the events of Last Jedi? And what is that transition going to be like into the Rise of Skywalker without giving too many details 
into what their approach is going to be and what are the outcomes of the film itself. And I have to admit, they've done a really great job in the canon of really playing to it. We've seen it a lot, and I'm sure you, you recognize this as well, Scott, in the past, especially with Force Awakens, they answered a lot of the questions after the film came yeah. out, in particular about filling in the gap. But this is the first time, and I think it's because of their experience with building canon around these films now, where they're really giving us a little bit of information ahead of time just to prepare us, much like Catalyst with Rogue One. Yeah, uh, you, yeah uh, you've got Resistance Reborn coming out shortly. Right, right. And that's going to, I hope that answers some question. I mean... It's hard, <laughs> see, this is the is, thing. Is hard. Because Catalyst, there was one scene in Catalyst that kind of, that was in Rogue One, and it was a kind of flashback scene. Uh-huh. Yes, that was the one where they were on Coruscant, yeah, and Galen I, and him were having drinks... Yeah, and, and that's that's in the book. I'm sure that's in the book. Yeah, it is. I remember is reading it? that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's actually the one scene that stood out to me the most when I was watching the film. I was like, didn't I read this? Yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> the one connection. But it kind of gave you a background story. It gave yeah. you a enriched the background. I mean, you could say the same thing about Leia, Princess of Alderaan, right? And Holdo again, but. That character just did not. Right? The character you saw in that book was not the character I saw. In no, last year. no, not at all. Um, you just it didn't connect. No, and that's that disconnect that we've been talking about. That hopefully, hopefully, Journey to the Rise of Skywalker, we see a little bit more of an in-depth uh, breakdown and mm -hmm. some connections somewhere. I think that enough fans have been calling for those connections. And that we start seeing them. That I, I Lucasfilm never ignores those things if they really start taking form. That's true, but it works better when it's like TV series because you can weave right. it. Right. A film, you've only got what two hours, essentially. Right. Yeah, and the Mandalorian, Obi Wan will certainly do it. Yes. Um, I'm just trying to think like other stuff as well that might mm -hmm. tie it in. Well, I'm but sure there will be other series, too, that Disney yeah. Plus will announce that they're going to be able to do that. Well, the Thrawn books are kind of like, I know we're going off topic, but the Thrawn books no, it's true. Kind of, um, I've mentioned about what's happened on the Thrawn and all that. Yeah. And if you yeah. watch Rebels, that kind of helps. Yeah, it does. Yeah, those deeper canon connections are, are super important, I think, definitely heading into the rise of Skywalker and moving into kind of going from the resistance focus, we finally get one shot of, and I think this is great that we're getting into the Ralph McQuarrie concept stuff. Yeah. And I have to, and I have to credit Phil Solstack for going on Twitter and sharing out the picture of Ralph McQuarrie's concept originally for the return of the Jedi Palpatine's throne. I think it's absolutely amazing that he shared that out. And it's a great piece of, and I'm a, I'm a big concept artist person. I love seeing where they can tie knots between the original Ralph McQuarrie artwork that he sent to George Lucas um, throughout all these films and then heading into, well, let's take those concepts and make them true. And J.J. has been the master of that throughout this yeah. sequel trilogy, Is in, in particular Force Awakens and, of course, um, with uh, the Rise of Skywalker from what we're seeing. But I, the one thing, Scott, that stands out for me is the throne itself is all perspective to me. Everybody looks at it, it's like, holy shit, that's a giant throne. <laughs> like, you know, Palpatine is a, is a small man. He's not a very tall man. Is he sitting inside of that thing? And 
I, I started thinking about it even more, and I'm like, no, because filmographers and cinematographers are geniuses. Geniuses at perspective and are geniuses at portraying things as being larger. Because guess what? In that scene, Scott, it's Palpatine's voice. So it has to be something on a grand scale. It ha- he just can't show a basic lawn chair <laughs> in a shot with, with Palpatine's voice. You got to make it grand. And based on Ralph McQuarrie's concept art, it looks like they're going to go forward with that. So for that scene for you, I think that's the one that stands out the most, not only because of that, but even the lines that Palpatine says. It's chilling. It's very chilling. It's chilling. I, I, I think it was a, it's a beautiful throne. I'm not a fan for you it's, it's just wonderful. And I have to laugh when Jeremy John says, Thanos. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, why is it with thrones like that? Like, it's they're true. so comfortable to sit on. Um, you have to no give it to, yeah, like Game of Thrones is like I don't want to sit throne that's got all like swords. Yeah. Can you imagine if one points out? Oh my bum. Um tetanus shot to sit on those. Yeah. That like it's a beautiful throne and uh, when I saw the like the artwork for it, um Rob McCorry's and it's like can you imagine that being on their star? But you wouldn't have the budget to do stuff like that. No, now you do. You do. Um but it's just the question is, will he actually sit in it? Or is he sitting on <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's so but true. Is it just there for prosperity? Yeah. I mean, what has Palpatine always been known for? The showboating. Well he likes a good show. He loves and a good not, show. And all the time that all the thrones that he's been sitting in, it's been that kind of padded one. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, you look at the one he has in the old Jedi Temple, which is the yeah. Sith Temple, his throne room was in there. He had a, a, a soft chair when he was Chancellor in soft chair when he was on the Death Star a soft chair. So Your ass hurts see. when you're the Emperor. Your ass hurts. Yeah. Also, Did you notice but, in the back, too, the artwork that was yeah. carved into it? Is, it it's the a Sith. new Sith symbol. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's interesting. The curious fit it's going. As I say, this beautiful throne, we jump ahead to a few scenes. When you yeah. see him, He's, looks like he's in some kind of respirator. Yeah, I mean, it. And let's let's actually cut forward to that while we're on the the concept of of Palpatine and maybe the way that he's going to be projected in this film. Is we do see Ray standing there, and, and again, it's all perspective in that he he is taller, he is gr- more grand in that shot as as Ray is in the distance there, and it does almost look like. And the one thing that I related it to was the Nemodians had thrones that they would sit on that had the walking feet on them. And again, we saw that when Palpatine was being projected in Phantom Menace, in particular when he's walking through um, the palace on Naboo and he's talking with the Trade Federation. He's being projected on a very similar type device, I guess you could say, or, or throne of some kind. So we know it this fact, and you said this with the throne being shown in this trailer itself, He's not projection. He's physically there. He's physically there. And we see that. But how tattered and torn is Palpatine then? If he's relying on that. How tattered and torn must he be? Well, he was thrown down a shaft. Right, of course. I mean, anybody gets thrown down a shaft. You've got bad back pains. You're going to have to take quite a few Advil. Like, Mm -hmm. I I get that. He's He's got to be in shambles. 
in many ways. You'd be pretty bad. You'd be pretty bad shape. But I'm just trying to because it's every time I and it's the one scene that I continue to pause at because I'm looking to see what's even on the side of him, and it looks like like there's almost a respirator of some kind. There is. There is. Um, he's very, but he's he's he, he's still talking. He is. He's, right. I think I don't think he's badly injured as he's making out to be. Interesting. Um, he's a big bad. He's the overall big bad of this entire saga. Right. Uh, right. We all thought it was Vader. It wasn't. It's been him. He's been there since the very beginning. He has um, been. Even before um, that. Yeah. Um, he's been there and manipulated. I mean, there are some. There, I can't remember which comic it is. Is it? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember which one it is. Um, is it Darth Vader? It's the second one they've done. But it was set after the prequels. After the, the prequels. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Dark Lord of the Sith. And they showed that he might have been involved in the Anakin's creation. That's hearsay. Yeah, that uh, is much so. Um, he's been behind everything. Yeah, because he even says it in the line. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, you're all he's teaming up, but that's that's exactly kind of what I want you to do because it's going to be your downfall in the very end. It's going to be you guys all coming together thinking that you can probably solve these issues. Yeah. And, and that's that's what Palpatine has always wanted was, you know what, you all can figure this out, but <laughs> I'm going to win in the end. He's not going to win. No, but I'm saying from his mindset. Like, that's yeah. what his mindset has been. He ain't going to win this time. No, he, he he thought he'd win all the time, but if he says, I always knew I would be defeated in, at the second Death Star, it's like, well, I don't think it's thrown down an elevator shaft with your plan. Right. Uh, well, and he always said, strike me down. And, I, you know, essentially, fulfill your, your path to the dark side in that. So... We're also getting into that territory of, you know, it's that whole contingency plan again that we saw that plays out. And we're going to get into that in just a minute because I think there's definitely some deeper, deeper connections into what we read in the Aftermath series in particular into what we saw play out in the trailer. But it's like it's like he knew exactly what was going to happen and that he had to have multiple plans ready to go. What if he's a clone? Very well possible. They're really digging deep into things and legends that would make sense. I know, but he always had to... It's why he's saying that he keeps thinking he's a clone, but then, no, he wouldn't be a clone. He'd be really, really old. And I mean really old. Because Sheev was, what, maybe 40, 50? Right. When he had power, you had this, just 30 years on, 20 years, 25 years, right. 70. You had another 30 years on. He cloned himself guy. early on. Yeah, After this, the destruction of Darth Plagueis. Yeah, this guy's going to be like 80 years old, 100, no, over 100 years old. They have good health care out there. Yeah, I'm good health care out there. He's, old, he's in the boo. <laughs> it's not know. universal health care, it's galactic. Across the galaxy. Thanks, Robin. We're back here uh, across the galaxy, and I'm I'm recently back from my trip to Walt Disney World Hollywood Studios, where I visited Galaxy's Edge for the first time. And the last time out, I spoke a little bit about, a lot about, how I was afraid that I was going to be underwhelmed at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. About, I was worried about the rewatchability, the return 
trip factor for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and turns out I shouldn't have been. Now, is it the best immersive theme park I've been to? Yes, it is better than the Wizarding World, and it is certainly better than Pandora over in Animal Kingdom. I will say that I am excited for the folks at Disney to have a a year, two years, three years under their belt, even as they start building towards the Star Wars Hotel. I think that the immersive nature will only improve, but you know, from the get-go, when you walk in the front door or the back door, um, you will find a different planet. In fact, most of the time walking through, looking up, I expected to see a couple of suns or a couple of moons. It was a completely different place. This, the, the spirit that they took to the details is incredible. There are so many different things to see. Smuggler's Run is incredible. It is more than Star Tours on steroids. It is a ride into a galaxy far, far away with you in a makeshift crew in the Millennium Falcon fighting your way through to find Coaxium. And it was incredible. You really do get thrown around in the back. I was an engineer twice. I remember saying, well, this is pretty much the worst turbulence I've ever been through. And that was pretty incredible. I was able to still do my quote-unquote job. But uh, it was funny to see the pilots trying to negotiate the the pitch and yaw from different sides of the cockpit because we ran into an awful lot of stuff and I got thrown around in the back. Didn't have to wait very long on either end of that. And I would suggest to you that if you want to get on the Millennium Falcon, go early, go late. I had a Ronto wrap, which is a fancy name for a brat and uh, intergalactic sauerkraut. Excellent, really tasty, uh, as was both versions of the space milk, the uh, blue milk, Uh, And the green milk, I would go with the green milk myself. I didn't do too much in the way of eating, but I also really enjoyed the the things that I uh, sat down and had at uh, Uga's Cantina, which was incredible. If there was a place that I would truly love to be in with just one or two people, it would be Uga's Cantina. To see DJ Rex back in the Star Wars galaxy, it is pretty awesome to see him Back in the saddle again, it's been in the hits. Um, uh, A note about the paid experiences. Um, I really enjoyed both the lightsaber and the uh, Droid Depot. Savvy's Workshop is something that you should consider more along the lines of buying a Broadway ticket. It is a performance. It is a short performance, but you come out of it with a beautiful lightsaber of your own design. It is truly a Star Wars fan's dream come true. It's amazing. It is expensive. It's probably something you don't want to take anyone under 10 years old to because they may not understand uh, some of the spiritual components of the Force. Now, I could say the opposite for the droid build. I think that's something that everybody from three on up is going to really enjoy, especially if they would allow mom or dad to put the droid together for them and have some help. It is a lot of fun. As far as I'm concerned, um, the entire place is themed perfectly. There's just so much attention to every nook and cranny. I I will say that I was uh, underwhelmed with the entry from uh, Toy Story Land into Galaxy's Edge. I was overwhelmed with the entry from near the um, Muppet 3D building into 
and under the California-style street and into Galaxy's Edge. That was incredible. That was amazing. Running into X-Wings and A-Wings and knowing where the rise of resistance is going to be and then seeing the towers in the distance, which look like they're in front of um, mountains, which are miles and miles away. Truly a breathtaking experience. You know, I've gone on and on and on. I'm telling you, it's very rewatchable. It's very redoable. So there's a whole lot to be had Star Wars-wise right now in Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney World. I wouldn't shy away from any of it, but I would uh, try to pace yourself over the, the amount of your trip. And make sure you don't try to do everything at once because I don't think you can enjoy it as much as if you take your time. And that's all I've got right now, Robin, so I'll throw it back to you. Thank you. Across the galaxy. He's doing a big lightsaber fight. <laughs> It'd be funny if it was General Grievous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. That would be, uh, I'm not sure if I'd be down for that necessarily. Huh. No, 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 no. We wouldn't, we wouldn't want to dig him back out again, obviously. Yeah, so we get really into that, into the inner depths of, obviously, Palpatine being a big part of this film. And then we start seeing more of Rey and Kylo together. We start mm-hmm. seeing more and more of that development. And everybody, it's a popular gif across social media on Twitter. Rey in that scene with Kylo, knocking, taking out something with both of their sabers. It's helmet. It's got to be something involved with Vader in my mind. It has to be. And what planet it's on, what are you thinking? Uh, it's not a planet. Or in particular, where do you think that, that that scene is taking place? I don't know where it's taking place, but I, I've watched that scene a few times. And it's, I think Ray's really trying to help, like, do everything possible to try and help him. Gotcha. And destroying Vader's helmet will be the way to help him. Like right. stop. He's idolized it. Yeah, he's idolized his grandfather. It's like, but your grandfather was redeemed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can be redeemed. That's her dragging. That's her big, not dragging point, but it's her main point that she's trying to get through to, yeah. to banning that. It, it could be also, too. That's a really good point. The whole concept of, if I do this for you, what are you going to do for me? Mm-hmm. You know, if I help you alleviate what has held you back for so long, caused you to, you know, basically destroy your entire family in so many different ways, what are you going to be able to do for me? And uh, it's interesting because I, I had a feeling too, probably much like yourself, that it would come to this point, but it's the way that it's going to be shown. Yeah. That's going to be fascinating. I almost thought too that that planet that they were on or place that they were, I was commenting on Twitter in a bunch of different spots, and everybody was like, oh, where is this taking place? Some people thought Bespin on Cloud City. I don't think so. I don't see that in there. What it kind of looked like to me, and the more I looked at it, and it was kind of fascinating, I, it, it looked like Lethal, like at the end of Rebels, when you look at the city. And I think it would be a great connective piece of tissue to make this, you know, the the first order goes there to Lothal after everything, and and Kylo Ren and the rest of the first order make that a sanctuary essentially for for the entire first order, and maybe that is where Kylo Ren has been keeping everything. You know, I don't know. There's there, there's something about it that I feel like 
just in the shots of all the ships that we see come coming out into battle. There's just so much connective tissue with all aspects of everything that we've had up to this point in concluding to this sequel trilogy that I look at it and I'm like, that would be an interesting placement for that. Possible. That's a good answer. I like that answer. That's possible. Don't know about the song. I'm leaving that out there for the fans. If they want <laughs> to start hypothesizing if they would like, you know. I like going in with multiple options in my head. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. when I'm surprised, I feel like multi, and I think that's something we've talked about, not setting expectations, but leaving your mind open to many expectations so that when you go in and it's something completely different, you're like, whoa. I don't think they've got to the song. Interesting. I think they've got to keep that. That's a, that's a Dave Lonely place. You think he's saving that? Well, we know we're going to go back there at one point with Ezra. That's true. Of course, that's his, that's his home planet. Mm, I don't think you want to go down that route. Because anything to do with the fall, I think he goes through Dave Lowry. He's the gatekeeper of all. He's the gatekeeper. He's the gatekeeper. Not shall pass. I am the key master. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, we see more and more of the Kylo Ren and, and Ray team up there in the trailer. And then, of course, I think the one thing that sticks out for me the most... And I know yesterday was Carrie Fisher's birthday um, in particular. And it's at the end of that trailer when we see Luke Skywalker speaking about the pathway of the Jedi. And he says, may the force be with you, essentially. And it's a shared moment with him and his sister. And it, it just, oh, chilling. I got goosebumps when I heard that. Yeah, I, I think Leia will die in this movie. You kind of have to kill her off in this movie. Right. I have a theory. Why is it? Why is Leia hugging her and Ray's crying? We continue to see that scene. Yeah, and I think Promotion. that's scene, yeah. I think that's when Leia says that I'm I'm going to have to go. You know, I I, I I've done my job. Now, it's does taken. she go in terms of this? Is where we get into interesting territory. I think she's strong. She's a Skywalker. She's strong. The Force. I mean, fuck. She. She. I swear. Oh no, no! You don't have to apologize anymore. But I mean, coming off it, she flew. She managed to fly back through space into that drained her. Yeah, I think she was very drained after that. There's a point in the comic, Paul Dameron comic, set after the last Jedi, and she's not well. No. I think she's oh. struggling. I think she just wanted to help the resistance get where it's going to the point where she knows that she has to. She's about to give out as well. Yeah. And they could easily the the it's what they can do now is like they can easily have her fade away by walking as she just fades. Almost like a transition to the force without really having to get in depth with it. Yeah. I mean, she can be like the Bendu or the Logan. Oh, I don't want to see a scene. Where she's walking towards something and it's Luke putting his hand out. <laughs> and well, I don't. I don't oh, I don't think I, I came that. in my head, but I, I mean, you have seen you've seen a, a picture of the variety early in the year where yeah. you, you 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 saw Luke. Yeah, you're going to see Luke. Uh, you're going to see Luke more than once, and also it's nice that Kikari's got a top billion in this movie. Huge! I think that's fantastic. Yeah, the top billion along with Mark Hamill. And the only reason you get top billy if you're in the movie a lot, if you're not in the movie a lot, you would be top billy. So that means that they had enough. I mean, just based on 
the trailer and from what we've seen that they had enough stuff to really do right for the story. Yes, yeah, I'm just curious though how do you make the dialogue work? I've always been curious by stuff like that. Without mm-hmm. making it sound artificial. Mm-hmm. But you can change words around all that bit. Boy, masterful, if that's the case. Yeah, they could get someone in to speak those lines, I don't know, but I'm curious to see how they do it. And also that hug that between Ray and Leia, you could easily just take that from last uh, Force Awakens. Oh, easily. Um, easily. We should, yeah. I mean, he's done it. He's, and there's stuff in Force Awakens and last year that we haven't seen. That's right. That's right. So they, they have enough material to make it happen. Well, they basically got two movies worth of material. To make for one film. Film that you could easily just and with the pen on the computer and change the background to fit in with that background. It's easy enough. Money is not a problem to no, make those things happen. Yeah, and as I said, Leah, you only need to have her as walk. She just fades, and that's her gone. <sighs> I'm gonna need tissues. <laughs> right, and yeah, and that's that's, I, that's the way. That's the way it should be. The one big scene is all. The Star Destroyers coming through. Yes. Where, how have they been hidden for so long? That's my question too, Scott. Is like, where where have they all been? And number two, who summoned them all? And so, and in such mass numbers. The Sith army, like the Sith troopers, they're not first, are they first order Sith troopers? No, no. I think, I think there's been a, a clear distinction just in the marketing that first order Stormtroopers are being held to a different... Maybe that's where Hux comes in, that there is this separation between what maybe Palpatine has and what the First Order is. You know, these Star Destroyers... And I've told you this. I totally believe those Star Destroyers have Sith Troopers on board. Well, it's a Sith Empire. It's a Sith Empire, right. It's not the so. Empire, it's the Sith Empire. The Sith Empire. Empire, that's right, that's right. And that's what's rising from the ashes, essentially, or from wherever they've been held, is that alone. And again, this is what I wanted to bring up quickly, is was that part of the Emperor's contingency plan? Was that part of the idea was that, yeah, okay, the First Order can go and build themselves, but maybe they're being used as a device, much like Snoke. They're being used as a device to achieve what I truly want. And the Sith Empire is lingering and waiting. And ready to strike. And ready to strike. Yeah. I'm not it's just the Empire. Mm, right. You're, you're still kind of trying to work this out because I, I don't want to go... Of course. Get, it's I, hard. I, yeah. I don't want to get, like, start all the series and then think, mm, I'm wrong. Right, because half the time we are wrong in our theories by the time we see it on screen. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to try to place our finger on, well, this seems like a very JJ approach because we don't even know what the hell JJ's approach is. It's a very colorful movie. Yes, yes. Let's talk about that a little bit. I think this is the one trailer for me that's really stood out in terms of brightness, in terms of color use, and in terms of, I feel, unique camera shots. Again, perspective shots. And they are really trying to connect every single connective tissue in the Star Wars universe. And you have to do that in a bright tone. You You can't make it bland. No. No, no. It's just a very bright movie. Uh, colors, everything. It feels like feels like a JJ movie. If it's a movie of hope. Yeah, it's a movie of hope. Easy to see it. Like it just feels like the music. I love the music of this film. Oh. Um, especially after the three people, the 
CP over, which got me. I was like, oh! Yeah, um, what is that supposed to mean? Is that misdirection? Is that truth? Is that... I don't know. Like, he, know, he we know he goes kind of like uh, Triple B and like the, at the assassin android. And the assassin uh, droid. Maybe they infiltrate the Sith? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Um, it was just, it got emotional. You're like, oh! Yeah. Yeah, hearing Anthony Daniels say that was li- those lines. Yeah, I, I just don't. I wasn't really. He's coming. He's coming to Edinburgh. To Waterstones in Edinburgh. Uh, yeah. A couple. Oh of, wow. Um, he can't say too much. No, no like uh, it's, I mean, it's Friday, I believe. So any of our listeners in Scotland and the UK should know about that. Yeah, I'm sure it's the twenty second. Let me do. Let me just double check. All right, I'll share that out on the Twitter page if you send me all the other stuff. Just go to watchthose.com. Uh, <laughs> He's got the links. He's got the links. I uh, thought you almost said weightwatchers.com. I'm like, excuse me? I haven't told me that. Does uh, that mean it's a, within the realm of possibility? Possibly. Uh, okay, I accept that. I'll take convention names for 500. Can I take a higher name? Hey! Hey. hey. I know that. Oh, yes, it's the 20, 22nd of November. 22nd of November, where? Ebra West End. Anthony okay. Dinos is the only actor to have worked on every Star Wars film. Oh. It's best known. We are delighted to welcome to watch those to sign copies. I wonder if our good friends at Fanta Tracks will be there. See, I'll get them for free. <laughs> Why is that? Because I'm a watch those employee. Hey, look at that. Having connections. And also, uh, Mandy, who watched the event, is letting me in. Wow, there you go. So will you be able to say hello, Mr. Daniels? Yeah, I'll probably stay there to the end. No way I see it. I might go along, depending on how it feels. Oh, well, you know, might as well. Why share the moment? Because I've already met him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, I mean, hey, whatever floats your boat, you know? If I can fly over, I would. It would be interesting to see what he says about that scene. Yeah. You know he'll answer mild questions about that. Yeah, I'm not going with too much of Anthony Daniels. <laughs> they have a lot of fun with him on stage all the time. Uh, as much as everybody gives crap about Anthony Daniels, I'll tell you one thing, he's been a great ambassador for Star Wars. Huge. Huge ambassador for Star Wars. Can't beat, yeah. the, Can't beat the droids, man. Yeah, and he's the only actor who's been in all... Not counting um, Rogue One or so, he's been the old actor that's in the saga movies. Yeah, right. I mean, it's not the big ones, it's him. Yeah, that's right. So true. A little Anthony Daniel shout out there, I like that. Hello. Uh, there's two iconic shots for me for the whole trailer. Yes, yes, fire away. These are my two iconic shots. It's one with Rebels Resistance Fleet. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. you see the, the ghost. I know. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, that just, that connects it for me. Like, it just, like, with connection Rogue One, having the ghost there, I, I need to, I want to know more about who came up with to put the ghost in. Yeah, there's got to be, I mean, you know, Dave Filoni was briefed about that. Yeah, well, anything, is, again, it's anything to do with Rebels, you have to go through Dave Filoni. Yeah, that's right. To put the ghost in there. It just shows that, you know, her are still around, or Jason Sedula, yeah. and, like, her are still fighting a good fight. As long as Leia. As long as Leia. Yeah. She, she's fighting a good fight and she'll just be so good as Vanessa Marshall. <laughs> I know. 
Oh, I am so hoping. I don't want to get my hopes up too high. But. Can you imagine, though, if, like, even it's her voice and Zeb just all there. Oh, I see, coming from the ghost itself. Oh, that would just... And that's all you would have to do. Yeah. You can even have Chopper appear. <laughs> have him in the background. <laughs> he would be at the top of the ship, yeah. Yeah. Well, he wasn't. No, he was still in the ship. That was he was in the ship, but there were sometimes he would go up and he'd make fixes and stuff. Yeah. So that'd be kind of cool. Goosebumps. You're, you're, you're out of nowhere through the trains. Carabast. Carabast. <laughs> I've got a habit of saying that now. Carabast. It's a great word. Um, and the throne room. Where Ray is standing and where Kylo is standing. It's fascinating. It's goosebumps because Ray and, Vader and Luke stood almost exactly there. Oh. So it feels, it feels like Deja Vu all over again. It is. In, in in that scene alone, I, there are so many different things. I'm glad you brought up your 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 like top scenes because when you pause them and you look at them, the the lighting, yep. the way that it's being shot, yep. just the angle in which they're facing each other, it 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 just reaps of fucking Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's the way it's got. To be, it can't be artificial. It can't be made up. It's got to connect everything. And that shot, I love it that you bring it up because that is the one shot I agree with you. I watched consistently over and over, and I was like, "Yes!" And it changed my pants a couple times. Yes, I said it. Yes. Great. What was that? Great. Check out this guy over here. Anyway. 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 Those are fantastic, fantastic scenes. And we want to hear from you guys as well. Please make sure to head on over to social media. Use the hashtag The Rise of Skywalker and hashtag Brick City Blockade to share your perspective. We've got so much more trailer talk coming up. All the events coming up in the near future. That includes Rhode Island Comic Con in November and, of course, Portland Comic Expo this coming weekend. So we hope to see you at both of those events as we'll be discussing more and more about this Awesome movie coming out in December. Scott, have you've already got your tickets, right? You're locked in? Oh, I got my tickets. I got my tickets at 8 o'clock this morning. Hey, there I'm to this triple bill. Triple bill? Mm-hmm. Episode 7, 8, and 9. We can see, and that's the way to do it, man. And I'll give you a bit more information as well. Um, I've got my tickets here on my phone. Um, it starts at 6 o'clock on the Wednesday night. Right. Did, you, did you almost kill yourself there for a I second? <laughs> so, oh, no. I, get, I get to see it 24 hours before you guys. You know, I know Charlie's going to say the same thing from the Imperial Senate podcast because he's over there too. And you guys just get the lucky, lucky side of things. It's not that. I mean, it could come out on the 19th, but it doesn't have to. This, not, this is like, this is before we wrap up, but this is the thing I don't understand. It comes out on the 19th, right? Yes, correct. So why is it your cinemas do a midnight showing on the 19th going into like one minute past midnight on the 19th? For some theatres, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, So not going like from the 19th into the 18th. Right, I mean? right, yeah, right. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's weird how they have it set up time-wise. In terms it, of the releases yeah. and the show times, it's and, like six o'clock at night. If I show, it, it, it almost ruined the 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 premiere time. Yeah, like because as I said, I'll see it before you guys. 
okay, yeah, I, I've heard that and enough it, times now. Uh, just want to come out and I'll be like, I'm going to tell you about this and this and this and this and this. this, and this, and this. I would not do that. No, you're a good man. You would never do that. Um, well, tell promise, us how popcorn is. Um, I'll probably not get popcorn. Are you... Now, this is inter- This is another part of that. For Rise of Skywalker, you go and drink popcorn candy or any kind of edibles, or are you going in just to watch this thing? It's three hours. I'll be in the cinema for nine hours. Yes. So you got to eat. We've got to eat, so... When are you taking your break to eat? During the movies. During the place Did you know what happens. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can have a sleep during Last Jedi's The Cantabite stuff. <laughs> It's uh, <laughs> a great time to go get a meal. Um, no, basically, you'll have episode seven will probably start at half past six. Right. Because you've got half right. hours in that. So you hope that, and then you'll get 15, 20 minutes. So when does it? Half past six, quarter to nine. Yeah, just about. Yeah, right, yeah. And then the other one will probably start at nine o'clock. And yeah. finish about 22, and then you'll have 20 minutes to go get stuff. But I'll... I'll take a bite. I'll take a lot of stuff in with me. Oh, don't worry, I'll be fed. <laughs> I'm not worried about you being fed because it sounds like you're going to get your canto bite fell and we're going to be able to understand the Scott Inch dietary schedule. Well, McDonald's is just right next door. Is it really? Yeah. So you could just pop a, out and go back in. Yeah, we've got a McDonald's and just oh, sh- sh- So, yeah. And I'll get. No, I, I print off my tickets so that I can come in and out. But, yeah, like you go out, McDonald's is right there. You come back in. I mean, I, I've heard people who have bought, bought had pizzas brought in. Really? <laughs> <Can't imagine. laughs> Excuse me. Just, uh... <laughs> Big box opens up right in front of you. Hey! Yeah. But yeah, um, I'm so looking forward to the because uh, to me that's how you can close out the trilogy. That is. Watch Naughty and the back of back to back in the cinema. Yeah, that is definitely the way to do it. I, mean, I, know, def- I know there's like a cinema that's doing like what twenty one hours. 27 hours, yeah. The AMC theaters over here. Um, and then you I thought think about dinner? Too, yeah. What's that? You thought about dinner? I thought about it, you know, and then I came to the reality that I like getting paid to do my job and that I like making money and because I have to pay bills, so. And also, like, that's a long time. Oh, my goodness gracious. I, I don't know if I could do it. I could do it from my own house, in my own bed. It'd be but, comfortable. Yeah. I, I, I think you go about too far when you start doing stuff like that. Yeah, and the money. I always think about how much it will cost. It's cost me a penny. Oh, my cinema card. Hey, you want to do a little plug for them right now? You, you... <laughs> Get your cinema world card. Get the cinema world card. You're master promoter right there. Master yeah. promoter. I love a cinema world card. Anyway. Anyway. We really hope to hear from all of you heading into the near future here at the Podcast Network. Really looking forward to all the conversations that we're going to be having uh, moving forward and across not just talking Far, Far Away, of course, but um, on the podcast show itself and on really, I mean, any kind of uh, special that we're going to have talking about the rise of Skywalker and everything you need to know heading into December. And of course, the Mandalorian and Resistance and all those awesome, awesome Lucasfilm products that we love to discuss. So it's we what? quite funny that we've been pretty quiet for the last little while. All we had was resistance. Yeah. And now we're getting everything. It's fascinating. And I think a lot of people, 
too, and, and I have to say, you know, the podcast itself has been pretty quiet because we've been just kind of consuming whatever content we can and really waiting for the, to be honest with you, much like Palpatine probably, waiting for the moment to strike and, and to finally get back into these conversations. So I, I, I'm going to say it just from the bottom of my, of my heart, really thank you to all of our listeners who have been patiently waiting for episodes to come out um, from Brick City Blockade as we've been crazy with our own lives and we've also been crazy waiting for this moment to come we always know that the fall of a star wars film this time of year is is the best time to talk star wars because there's just so much and heading into the near future scott you and i talk about it all the time is just that we're we're heading into this new stage with disney plus and uh with these other films that are going to be worked on um that's going to really open up the conversation once again because it really was the dark times. The, you know, we didn't really have too much. And on that bombshell, it's back to the studio. Scott, any last last uh, thoughts here with uh, this trailer or anything else leading up to the rise of Skywalker? Well, we've got the international trailer coming. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, Let's see what that does. I would be surprised if Palpatine a wee bit better. Um, Look at Palpatine might come about. For the international audience. They'll not hide it. I mean, there's, the international trailers have a habit of spoiling a few things. That's for people who... It's not so much for like people in the UK and America and all that. You're talking more about China. That international trailer will probably drop it in the next two weeks. <laughs> right. It's usually within a span of two to three weeks that we see that. Yeah. We'll wait and see what happens, folks. But we've come to that time of the show here. It's a little thing we like to call uh, it up time. Plug time here at the Brick City Blockade and at Talking Far Far Away. Mr. Scott Inch, where can the good people find you across social media? You can find me. I was up late last night waiting for this trailer. Oh, <laughs> totally yeah. agreed. Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at scottinj 5 or on Facebook at Scott Inch. You guys, no my spiel, so I'm not going to fucking say it any more times. But you can personally head on over to www.brickcityblockade.com for everything happening here at the podcast. And of course on Facebook and on Twitter. And we are looking forward also. I'm super excited. We're doing more polls. We're getting the fans more involved through Patreon. You can also support us over there. Um, just trying to get the fans more involved in the conversations. We want you guys to become part of the blockade itself more and more. And that's why we really push on the fan-focused content and really focus on really what you guys want to hear from the Brick City Blockade. So until next time for Scott Inch, this is Robin Vogt signing off. And as we always say, hey. May the force be with you. Always. He's a back!